Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi everyone, I'm David Garrido. Welcome along to this La Liga Lowdown mini-pod with Redis Sakhanov and broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America. We are recapping match day 32 in Spain's top division. We're once again in our chat format. We'll do it all well inside half an hour for you and we start off with one of four derbies and arguably the craziest of the lot. Uh, Sevilla versus Ravetis rarely disappoints and Saturday night's game at the Estadio Ramon Sánchez-Pizjuán was no different. Sevilla won it 3-2 and the goals in this game just got better and better. Pablo Sarabia crossed for Meniz, header for 1-0. Then three goals in 10 minutes in the second half. Junior Firpo centred for Giovanni Lo Celso to sweep home the equaliser for Betis. But then Sevilla took control. Munir combining with Wissam Ben Yedda. He crossed for Sarabia to volley in at the far post. And then El Mulo Vasquez let fly from outside the box for what proved to be the winner before Cristian Teo's pinpoint free kick as a consolation for Betis. It was a frenetic encounter played at breakneck speed. La Liga Lowdown's Alex Johnson was there. She's only just caught her breath. Hi there, Alex. Um, what was ultimately the difference between the two sides in terms of how they approached and played this match? Well, so as with every Sevilla derby, both of these teams just really, really want to win it. So in that sense, they have the exact same approach going out to it, just wanting to win it and going for the win. But it is two different sides who play a little bit different football, who are a bit better in different things. And where we could see a really big difference during this match, I think, is in taking the advantages off the chances they create. Uh, we saw the quality more in the Sevilla team. They just have the quality up front. You have Ben Yedder, Sarabia, who are some of the best scorers uh, and goal makers in the entire league contra uh, Real Betis, where you have a Jose, for example, who just can't score his chances. Uh, and one of the reasons uh, was the performance of the Sevilla goalkeeper, Thomas Vatsalik. He was outstanding. Uh, he was a slight doubt for this game, but w- what about his performance for Sevilla? No, the, the performance for, for him yesterday was just brilliant. He, he definitely was uh, critical for this match for Sevilla in, in the chances he saved and in his decision-making. It's just not the saves, it's them as well, but it's also the way he goes out and, and unsettles a forward, Jose in this case, for example. Um, and all season, I think he has been one of the better goalkeepers keepers in, in La Liga with a few months where he might haven't been at his best mm. uh, you, you mentioned Jose already I mean sadly a game to forget for him how, how crucial were those misses uh, and what is he lacking well those misses were, were super crucial for this match because it would have been a completely different match had he, he scored and we would have had more drama earlier on Betis would have felt more that they could actually win this match in another sense than they did now so those were game changers that he missed those um, what he's lacking I think is decision making he just takes the wrong decisions if he's going to pass if he's 
going to score. And one of those were, were very clear with Canales, where had he just passed the ball instead, it would have been an easy goal for Canales to score. Now, could there and should there have been at least one red card in this game, Alex? Well, in every Sevilla derby, I think you should always expect it to be at least one or two situations where it could have been or should have been a red card. In this one, we had one with Banega where he goes and kicks Joaquin just after Joaquin has come onto the pitch, and, and that is very likely a red card. Uh, Kiki Setien, I think, said that it should have been a red card. Um, so, yeah, there could definitely have been a red card in this match. Now, if you look on our Twitter feed, we are at Ali Galen on Twitter, everyone. Um, you'll have seen our video of the Sevilla anthem. It is spine tingling. Um, Alex, how much of a factor was the atmosphere there? It's incredible. I think anyone who's ever been to Sevilla Derby, one in a lifetime kind of experience in a way, it's so incredible in so many ways with this atmosphere. And when the Sevilla hymn, when that is played at the Sevilla Stadium, and played is the wrong word because at this stadium they don't play the music as they do at many stadiums because the fans sing it with such volume that you just don't need to have any playback. Uh, when that goes on and when they start to sing, it's ghost bumps on all of your body. It's just impossible not to get them. It's uh, And that obviously will affect the players. So whatever team is playing at home in the Sevilla Derby definitely has uh, an advantage thanks to the fans. Well, it definitely inspired Sevilla, and it has done. They've won four of five under Joaquin Caparros. Um, they've moved above Hedaf into fourth. So how do you fancy their chances of staying fourth, Alex? Well, I really fancy them, actually. Um, I think if we look at Sevilla and Huetaf in this case, who are, are the main candidates for that fourth spot, Sevilla is a team that has much more experience with the type of players they have, etc., of being in that situation, of fighting for a spot like that. They know how to act when the last matches of the season comes uh, and how to approach that in a way where it might be a bit more new for, for Huitafa to be in a situation like that. And more than that, they are in a good momentum now, especially with this derby win. Uh, it gives extra power to the players. Uh, they have something extra to play for more than just the position. They also have to play a little bit for Joaquin Caparos. And attitude is a, a big one as well. And then just the quality of the players. So there's a, quite a few things for me that speaks for Sevilla here. And what about Betis? I mean, what, what can they take from this and into their final six games? Well, I think this match was really good for them, even though it was a defeat, because I think this is one of the best matches that Betis has played in months. There's a lot of positivity to take with from that. Uh, one of the things is the intensity that we saw in this match, which is something we haven't seen in that regard lately that much from, from Betis, and we saw a lot more in this match. And yes, even though you, you lose this match and that hurts a lot for, for a Betis player, uh, I think they are still kind of happy with their uh, performance, and they should be, and they will also be able to bring that with them into to these last few matches. OK, cheers to Alex. Well, Derby was our choice for Partidazo predictions. Alex and Ewan McTeer get a single point for getting the correct outcome, if not the right scoreline. Uh, so this is how the overall standings look. Paco Polit has 28 points. Ewan and Roman Derquera joint second on 16. I'm on 15 and Alex is on 12. Also worth mentioning the women's Seville derby with almost 24,000 fans turning up at the Benito Villamarín earlier in the day as it finished 1-1 between Rabetis Feminas and Sevilla FC Femenino. OK, time to focus on the second big derby of the weekend.
Well, it was a 40,000 plus crowd for Valencia versus Levante. Won 3-1 by the home side. Valencia taking the lead inside two minutes. A short corner from Dani Parejo to Gonzalo Guedes, who crossed for Santi Mina to head home. Ten minutes after the break, Carlos Soler need a Levante corner into his own net off the bar for 1-1. But parity lasted barely a couple of minutes. Soler's clever back heel set up Guedes to rifle a shot past to Aito Fernandez. And Santi Mina then got his second from close range after Soler hit the post. Paco Bolit was at Mestalla, so let's speak to him now. Um, hi there, Paco. I mean, for me, the quality of Guedes really stood out in this game. Is he back to his best? Uh, Marcelino himself claimed that it had been Guedes' best game this season, so yeah, we could say that he's finally back. And also after overcoming two very tough injuries, both last season and this one, uh, he played against the Levante as second forward and was in beast mode for most of the game. He's nowadays Valencia's most dangerous player, by the way, with six goals scored in the last eight games. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Um, as is uh, Valencia's versatility. How important is that, Paco? I mean, we saw Guedes and Soler and Daniel Vassal switching positions in this game. Yeah, but remember it was due to Cristiano Pizzini's unfortunate injury after a nasty knee blow to his kidney. Uh, he had to be taken off to the hospital. He was crying once he left the pitch. And actually this problem allowed Marcelino to be creative with his problem-solving, switching Daniel Vaz to the right back and placing Francis Coquelin in the midfield. So it actually benefited Valencia and they played much better since. Yeah, he's certainly finding the solutions and Valencia are playing well when it matters, fighting in three competitions. Just tell us a little bit about fitness, Paco, and how Marcelino has made his players last the season so well. Um, this can be a very controversial topic as rotations in Martellino's hands can be serious trouble sometimes, but the fact is around 16 or 18 players are having minutes in a regular basis and most of them are trying to add merits to become starters in the team. The backbone is there with Neto, Parejo, Garay, Gaya, Kedesh, but the remaining spots are up for grabs every single week. And of course, he's obsessed with the players' weight. He wants to know about their diet. That's all very controlled. Um, now, looking at Valencia's run-in compared to Getafe and Sevilla, who play each other next weekend, uh, do they have the easiest sequence of six games of those three teams? Um, I don't think so, because Valencia have stumbled when they faced similar opposition in the past. This team is unable to win if they don't put 110% of attitude and commitment. So I think that, yeah, they have better chances than Getafe or Sevilla, but they won't succeed if they aren't at the top of their game. Now, on Levante, I mean, we say this every week, but their defence is awful. They've now conceded 59 goals. Paco, how important is it for them that their next two games are at home against Espanyol and Rabetis? I believe crucial is an understatement. You know, um, let's go straight to the point. If Levante don't pick up the six points at home, they are dead meat. Segunda material, full stop. They're just a mess. Their form is a mess. Their defense is a mess. Um, I don't really know about Paco Lopez's safety in Levante's bench if things don't change. I love it. Paco Bolit is not pulling any punches tonight. Uh, let's talk about Girona Villarreal, which finished 1-0 to the visitors, Paco. Villarreal scoring inside seven minutes. Vicente Borra intercepting with his chest, or was it his shoulder? Uh, then to Pablo Fornals, who fed Samu Chukweze, and the teenager finished well. Uh, Cristian Stuani had a goal given, then taken away by VAR because Patrick Roberts was just offside. Uh, no further goals, as the keepers, Bono and Sergio Asenjo, did their bit. Villarreal holding out for a priceless three points. Now, how vital was this win for Villarreal, especially after their recent 
consistent run, three defeats in four in all competitions, and the fact that they actually made a lead stick this time. Um, it is actually impressive to see a team so beat up in the mental aspect, being able to win against a Girona who are also in danger in La Liga. Um, the morale of the team last Thursday, I was there, was in an all-time low after the last four games, but finally they got a win that they truly had deserved throughout the 90 minutes. And Villarreal changed system for this game yet again. Uh, what do you think is the formation that best suits Javi Gaia's side? Um, 4-3-3, 4-3-2-1. I don't really know any formation with Santi Cazorla, Vicente Iborra and Fornals together on the midfield is gold for me. Uh, Villarreal have always been a strong team thanks to their midfielders and nowadays having them in form is pretty good news for Javi Calleja and obviously having Ekambi and Chuguete on the pitch as well. OK, so it's that mixture of, of experience and, and pace. Um, what about Girona? They were so strong at home last season, but they've lost seven of their last eight now at Montilivi. How do you explain it? Maybe because the form they showed last season was uncanny and impossible to improve upon this year. Uh, Christian Stuani keeps delivering and scoring, but, for example, Christian Porto hasn't been that successful scoring this season, and there are no reliable replacements. And also, Eusebio's style doesn't fit as well, in my opinion, as Pablo Machin back in the day. Yeah, they're in need of some fresh ideas and they're looking a bit predictable, aren't they, Girona? And inside the next week, they've got Badolid away and Celta Vigo away. Can you see them in the bottom three after that? Obviously, yes, if they lose. However, I still see Girona in a better shape than Valladolid. Not really much better than Celta, though, because Celta have Diago Aspas and Girona lack that super player able to create chances, score an overall winning the game by himself. Cheers for that, Paco. Well, that's it for part one of this podcast. In part two, we'll concentrate on the top teams in La Liga and we'll have a bit more on the relegation battle too. Catch you shortly. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to this La Liga Lowdown mini-pod with Redis Sakhanov and broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America. Three games down, seven more to recap from Ashday 32. We continue with our derby theme as we head to the capital. Leganes against Real Madrid finished one apiece on Monday night. Jonathan Silva with a smart finish for Lega on the stroke of half-time after good work from Guido Garrillo and Martin Braithwaite. And Kain Benzema with the Madrid equaliser on 50 minutes after Luka Modric swivelled and nudged the ball into his path. Uh, well, Benzema beat Pichuayar at the second attempt in the end. Ewan uh, McTier watched that game. Abu Tarke, let's speak to him now. Um, hi there. You and let's start off with Lega, an historic first point for them against Los Blancos in La Liga. Talk to us about their overall display and Martin Braithwaite's performance. Yeah, Braithwaite was everywhere. He was doing all kinds of things. We know he can finish, and he does that in other games. We saw in this one he held up the ball so well for the goal, and he was just so quick as well, keeping pace with a guy as fast as Rafa ran. He's just so good, multifunctional kind of guy that can slot into Leganes front two. So important for them. And for Madrid, overall disappointing, but the bright spot, Kain Benzema, seven goals in six games for him, but he's so much more than that. What's the combination of qualities that he's showing right now? Well, he's shown that he can finish chances. Um, in previous years, he maybe hasn't uh, scored the goal tallies that we would expect of a number nine of Real Madrid, but he set up other players. This year, he's the one who's having to finish the chances and he can still set up players. He's shown that he can do both. Now, the auditions continue for players for next season. How did Marco Asensio and Fede Valverde do in this game? Asensio was really good. This was one of his better performances this season. A yeah, season that hasn't gone too well for him uh, when so much was expected of him, but he was really on the ball in this one, really involved. As for Fede Valverde, it was good for him to get more minutes. Um, he didn't do anything particularly special, didn't do anything particularly wrong. He was just absolutely fine in the position that Tony Cruz normally occupies. Mm. And Madrid's next couple of matches, they're against teams fighting for European football. Do you think they've got enough to make up a four-point gap on Atleti and finish second? No, I don't think they do. Not only are they four points behind, but I think they're behind footballistically uh, right now. Atletico are just playing so much better than Real Madrid have been. And if anything, I would maybe expect that gap to widen, just given the way Atletico are playing and the way Real Madrid are struggling, even when they are winning. Well, Atleti beat Celta Vigo 2-0. Jan Oblak magnificent in that game, saving from Maxi Gomez, Riyad Budapu, Sofian Bufal in particular in the first half. And then Antoine Griezmann's rocket of a free kick gave Atleti the lead just for half-time. And then he set up Alvaro Morata for the second on 74 minutes. You um, and another brilliant display from Oblak in the first 45. He made himself big, had great reflexes, he was athletic. But still no news uh, of a new contract. Why? Well, it's quite simple. I mean, his current contract runs until the summer of 2021 and he has a high uh, buyout clause of about 100 million euros. So there's really no rush. Um, he's got over two years on his contract. Every time he's asked about it, that's what he says. Uh, so there's no rush. They've got other players that are a bigger priority, like Diego Godin and Juan Fran, who are out of contract in the summer. 
Now, uh, Tony Moya and Montero with the centre-back partnership as Diego Simeone was without Godin, Jose Jimenez, Savic, uh, Lucas Hernandez. So how did those two get on? Yeah, really well, all things considering. I mean, Montero is a youth team centre-back. Moya is another youth teamer, but he's a midfielder. He's not even a centre-back. Um, so considering that, they did well. But of course, we just mentioned how good All Black was. So obviously, they weren't perfect because there were a couple of times when the goalkeeper had to bail them out. But yeah, I was impressed with the two of them. Two young guys making a good performance uh, against a striker as talented as Maxi Gomez. Mm. Uh, the elephant in the room, though, but not on the pitch, uh, Diego Costa banned for eight matches for his actions in the 2-0 defeat to Barcelona. What's your view on that, Ewan? Yeah, I, I understand it. It's by the letter of law. It's four matches for insulting the referee, four matches for putting his hand on him. But we see it so often. We see players getting in the referee's face. We see players shouting all kinds of things that we can only imagine what they're saying, turning the air blue. So I would just call for a bit of consistency. We've seen other players do similar things to what Costa did, and they've not been punished like this. So either punish them all or don't punish Costa. OK, um, what about Celta Vigo? They were without Yago Aspas because we had five bookings going into this game. Uh, but he'll be raring to go for the next game at home to Girona. Do you expect Celta to stay up? Yeah, it's quite interesting. I was thinking about this today. Um, there was a poll on Marca.com where they were asked uh, which team has the best chance of staying up of all the relegation contenders. And 40% of people went for Celta Vigo. I think Celta Vigo will stay up, but I'm definitely not as confident as those 40% of Marca readers. When you're too reliant on one man, that's a big, big risk. Cheers, Ewan. Well, let's head to the northeast of Spain now to hear about a battle between bottom and top in Aragon. <laughs> Now, normally, you wouldn't give Wesker a chance when Barcelona come to town, but without Messi, Suarez, Busquets, Rakitic and Piquet, well, maybe La Liga's bottom side could dream of a memorable three points. Sadly, for their sake, not to be, finished goalless, a Wesker spurning the chances they did have, especially Chibi Avila and Enrique Gallego, uh, while Malcolm struck a post and Usman Dembele could have scored. Head coach Ernesto Valverde made 10 changes from the win over Atletico, giving four Barcelona players their La Liga debuts, so Jason Murillo, Jean-Claude Todibo, Ricky Puch and Musa Wage. Uh, let's speak to Roman Darker in Barcelona about this. Um, hi, Roman. Well, I suppose a good time for the champions to rest players. What did you make of those debutants, especially Ricky Puch? Hi, David. Well, I think the debutants were probably uh, one of the best players on the field because uh, Wage, Todibo and Murillo, for example, at the back were really solid. Uh, Wesker had a tough time with these guys. And then Ricky Puch, as we've seen, he's one of the best products coming from La Masia. The expectations are really high with him and he proved he has quality. He's technically gifted and great vision. And do we get much of a glimpse into the future then uh, with this side? Uh, and how did Barca do with their three at the back? Oh, we certainly saw some players which should be playing uh, more often with Barca in the future, such as Malco or Ricky Puig again. And in terms of the formation, I think the team was really solid defensively, but then in attack, I just felt we were really bland. I mean, playing with Dembele and Boateng up front, you can't really expect much more because, to be honest, I don't know why Barca brought Boateng uh, to replace Luis Suarez because his performances have been really poor. Let's be honest about this. Yeah, it was, it was certainly a bit of a strange signing, that one. Uh, what about Wesker? What was up with them? Because normally they perform better against the big sides and this was essentially a weakened team. I was actually really surprised because I mean Wesker were just too timid that we've seen them play with so much ambition against teams like Real Madrid and then suddenly they're playing against Barca which we could say maybe was more like a Barca B and they weren't as daring as in other occasions I mean if they would have gone all in and tried their best I feel they could have managed those three points to be honest now that's uh, three draws in a row for Francisco's side a uh, West has seven points from safety six games to go is their season effectively decided in the next two away games that's against Rayo and Villarreal 
for sure I think it's going to be two crucial games for Huesca and it's going to be a now or never situation if they don't win against them the battle for relegation won't be on their side and they will probably go back to Segunda División and of course for Barcelona they now head with fresher legs into their Champions League quarterfinal second leg against Manchester United at the camp now 1-0 up uh, so obviously clean sheet does the job but what is the key to them seeing out this tie and reaching the last four well I felt that Man U put a lot of pressure on Barca and at Old Trafford and Barca were really struggling to move the ball uh, calmly as they usually do so I'm hoping that uh, at the Camp Nou they're capable of um, improving in this sense not allowing Manchester to intimidate them too much and to have more control of the ball and find those spaces when Man U go forward for their much needed goal now Roman while we got you with us let's just quickly reflect on Espanyol 2 Alaves 1 at the FCD Stadium Adria Pedrosa gave the host the lead with his first goal for the senior Periquito side things got even better for them just after half time uh, Victor Laguardia own goal from Borja Iglesias cross for 2-0 uh, Jonathan Galleri then spun and fired home for 2-1 six minutes later but Alaves couldn't find the equaliser Espanyol make it back-to-back wins for the first time since October um, let's talk first about Adria Pedrosa because I mean Espanyol producing some very good young fullbacks at the moment is he another talent to watch out for? Well, indeed, I think Espanola are actually pretty good at producing fullbacks. We've seen it recently with Aaron Martin, with Marc Navarro, with Dida Vila, who's been around a while, or even if we go back, Cap de Vila, who was a key player for the national team, came from Espanol. So, uh, Adria Pedrosa is quite similar to a few of these guys. He's really quick and pacey. He likes to attack a lot. And keep in mind that he was actually being criticized recently for swapping his uh, T-shirt with Messi after the Catalan Derby. And thanks to the goal, a lot of fans have kind of silenced now. And Espanol now five points off seven, so maybe an outside shout for Europa League. But what has gone wrong for Alaves? Three defeats in four now for Avalado's side. Well, the other day we were talking about Espanyol, whether they were safe from relegation. And now here the press is talking about Espanyol fighting for Europe. So things can change really quickly and it comes to prove that this is a really competitive league. So, I mean, that's why we can't really uh, complain about Alaves. There's not really anything going wrong. I think it's just a matter of time the energy run out because they've had a fantastic season. And now they can just allow themselves to lose those games without worrying uh, about relegation. Thanks, Roman. Well, let's round up the other three games on match day 32 in La Liga. An eventful match at the Jose Sorria with two precious points dropped by Real Valladolid. They drew 2-2 with Hetafe, but they really should have won. Mauro Arambarri's pile driver put the visitors ahead, but Valladolid turned it around with goals from Sergio Guardiola and an Enes Unal penalty with Matias Oliveira sent off in between. However, Heta denied La Pusera the win as Jorge Molina equalised from the spot in the 96th minute. Ouch! Also, lots of goals at San Mames as Athletic Club beat Rayo Vallecano 3-2. Iñaki Williams got two, both deflected with Raul Garcia having a penalty saved and Alex Moreno equalising superbly in between. Luis Advincula then got sent off, meaning that Rayo had to play most of the second half with 10 men. And they scored a disallowed goal before Raul Garcia made it 3-1 to Athletic. And Raul de Tomas tapped in a late consolation for Rayo, his 14th of the season. But Athletic have four wins in five and they're up to seventh. Real Sociedad drew 1-1 with Eibar in an all-Basque encounter at Anueta. Juan Mi with a give-and-go with Lucas Angali to score after just 17 seconds. But Juan Jordan snatched a point for the visitors in the 85th minute with a brilliant free kick. A one of a number on match day 32, in fact. 
at Griezmann, Deo, Jordan. Here's the table after 32 games. Barcelona are top on 74 points. Atletico second on 65. Real Madrid third on 61. Then Sevilla back up to fourth on 52. Getafe fifth on 51. Valencia sixth on 49. At the bottom, Huesca still prop up the table on 25 points. Then Rayo second bottom on 27. Badolid third bottom but up to 31 points. Then Celta Vigo on 32. Levante and Villarreal on 33. Girona 34. So four teams very much looking over their shoulders. Okay, that's it for this Aliga Lowdown mini pod. Don't forget to keep across our Twitter feed, which is at Aliga Lowdown, as we keep you across those European quarterfinal second legs. Remember, Barcelona take a 1-0 lead over Manchester United back to the camp now on Tuesday, while Valencia are 3-1 up against Villarreal as they meet at Mestalla on Thursday. That's your Aliga Lowdown. See you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.